Jordan in the chat so people can uh, people can see. I also speaking of fantasy writers, I do enjoy uh, Rick Riordan's work too. Sorry, who? Uh, Rick Riordan. Oh, Rick Riordan. Oh yeah, Jan has some books. Yeah. Like the Percy Jackson series was actually pretty good. Well, and and world building series as well. The the cool thing, like just to go back to different foreign lands, is it can just like even gods can can allow for such interesting design spaces. Um, if you decide to go to an area like, for example, for me in one of my books, um, Earth is essentially no one's been to Earth for years. Because they basically made it um, like a natural, like a na- like an intergalactic reserve, not reserve, um, uh, park, like a national park, so that it could like restore itself. And eventually, after thousands of years, they go back to Earth and they lift the ban. And there's humans there, and they've actually built our civilization, and it's actually us in modern times. So for us, it's not science fiction. And what we see are these aliens, but in reality, they're not aliens. They are humans from thousands of years ago that just left Earth. And the aliens that we've seen over our periods were just park rangers. Humans that would just come to Earth to see how Earth was doing. Hmm. And that's a short story I wrote once. That sounds cool. It is. It was, it was an interesting design space. Honestly, I've heard that theory anyways, and <laughs> you yeah. kind of like thoughts, so that makes it more believable. So, other... I was going to write um, comics to some degree I had thought of when I was younger. I wanted to do like a, like a prophet kind of like alien. I don't know why I drew my, I didn't get a chance to do much. I just kind of like drew like a, like a, a title comic page that I was going to just start going off of. I'm like, just like, drew a picture and let's see what we can go with. And I made like a Jesus alien kind of thing. And then I'm like, well, what's, what is this? What is this story about? And I just, I started kind of like trying to figure out how to make a comic out of it. But I only did, I did like four or five pages, I think, when I had started it, but I never finished it. That's a, that's a good segue. Um, speaking of your Jesus alien, so you didn't really know where you were going with that. It just kind of ended up like that. So when when you're writing a story and world building, um, I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I'd like to hear more from everyone about it. Do you do when you when you think of your story and you think of the beginning, middle, and end? Do you do you do you insert that into your world, or is that is that a focus of your world? Um, so for for writing, it's usually the focus. It's really hard to kind of unfocus it, but does um and then for d for dming it's a bit different because you don't know where it's ending you understand what you've set up as the end but it may not be how you get there so it 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 would i just it'd be interesting to hear cuz how i do it is um when i write my stories i never know how they're going to end i have the beginning and i have certain events like certain things that will happen set up as as a structure and then my goal is to write those, to write to there, because then my characters might develop in a different way than I initially thought. Um, I like to have a very fluid style in that sense, so that when my ending comes, although I have some sense of what the ending should be, 
I can more curtail it to make it for, feel natural for my characters. Um, I even do this in DMing. Um, I have a certain set of endings that I kind of visualize, but depending on how my players play, um, I will morph it and I will let it be fluid until they get to that point, And then I will curtail it to basically how they developed. Um, why don't we start with Sarah? If she's still there. I think she's on the screen right now. I think she froze. Yeah. Let's, um, let's move over to Andrew then. Or Insania. Um, repeat what you're going to say for a second. I lost my thought. Um, so when you, how do you insert, when you, uh, think about world building or you think about your main characters, is it easier for you? Oh, okay, right, yeah. I remember. Okay. So yeah. for me, um, like I've, I've built, um, when I started kind of like building, I had like key kind of like concept events that I wanted to happen. And then I built around that. I haven't, I honestly didn't, I haven't had an ending kind of like built in my mind. I have a. I have uh, essentially a cataclyst to start the ending, but I haven't really figured out a how and what that ending's going to be. Yep. Yeah. Didn't I not say catalyst? <laughs> um, but so, like, I want—I have like a, a big event that I have planned for near the end, and it's supposed to start spark other things or leave it at a cliffhanger. I wasn't quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. And I had other things that I made along the way, like. For me, it's it's certain, like I said, it's it's certain, like kind of like what you said, certain events that are like key, ch- world changing kind of things. Um, but it's also for for DM, it's more kind of like depending on how people react to it, right? And stories and things like that. So, like, if someone's doing something, I'm, I uh, I can guess because I know my players a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not going to be able to like know for sure what exactly is going to happen when. What about uh, something blows like when a town blows up? To say the least. <laughs> what about myself? What about the Grease Goblin? How do you? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. So how do how do you how do you evolve around your uh, your main characters, your protagonists, as it were? Uh-huh. Again, honestly, winging it seems to be the best way to go. It's just kind of your thing, I think. No forethought whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Like, the general setup, and then I wing it with where they to go. Good for you. Uh, Sarah, are you back? I am. I don't know what's going on. I'm having real internet issues. Well, look, we, well, I'll try to get you while you're still here then. So did you hear my question? Do you want I me heard, to... I think, half of it. So basically what I was asking is, is your world more fluid based on what your characters are doing in your stories? Or is it more... Do you, do you, do you build your world based on the story? So do you have the beginning, middle, and end planned out and then world build from there? Or do you world build and insert the story within? World build and insert the story within. I build this world with... Oh, in like 2011, I started building it. Um, and the story came in 2015, and then from there. Um, yeah, I I build the world. I love, love, love world building. And I do love writing the stories. Too. World building is really my passion. Um, I There certainly is a lot of flexibility 
the world, though, that, like, I can write the story and find, oh, for the story, need this, so that now this is a part of the world. Hmm. So there's there's a little bit of flexibility. I definitely world for And then Jeremy. I mean, I'm sure I know what you're going to say, but I'd like to hear you, how, how you vision <laughs> things. I envision things. <laughs> so when when you first let's let's talk more let's 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 curtail yours a bit. When you first started DMing and first started uh, participating players in your world, did you have a beginning, middle, and end set up, and then just followed the books or built the world around them, or did you did you build the world and then have your players inside it, or build events based around? Um. So, yeah, kind of like my normal style, right? Like, I started on a base thing, and then we just completely, like, set fire to that world right away. Um, I started in Eberron, believe it or not, was my very first campaign. Ah, Rising from the Last War or the original? The original, the, the last war, right sense. as it starts. Um, we started in the unclaimed province of Dargon, which is in the southern, like, middle southern of the continent. Um, because it was like a lawless, like barbaric lands. And, now and it was generally, if you read through the lore of it, there was no lore because it was ruled by orcs and goblins. Mm. So that way we could start with no lore, throw our own characters stuff on top. And then to be honest, we started in a, um, so the 3.5 universe had a book called Trap. Like, I think it was like, traps and challenges or something like that mm -hmm. and in there they had if you've ever seen the movie cube they had the rules for your own dungeon based around cube and the idea is if you say so picture a giant prison but each of the cells are a cube on a rubik's cube oh cube i thought you were saying cube. yeah oh yeah cube yeah totally right yeah. So they so, have rules in there for that, for a that, giant prison based around like a Rubik's cube. That's cool. And I started my players in that, and then I had a, I had a BBEG that I I played around, and that was I what I used. Very interesting as like a, as a thing to try it as one shot. The hypercube. Um, yeah, the hypercube started. The hypercube would be cool. Everyone's by themselves, and you had nothing to start with. That's that's what they were. The it was. There were it was a giant Rubik's cube, and then some of the cubes actually held their items, their starting you items. I don't know why you're like skilled in these things, but you so why you can do certain things. All of the players didn't even start with all of their starting items, right? They had to try and get them through this thing, and then on top of that, I put um, like dimension hopping creatures that are they're called uh, ethereal filters. the The creature is literally meant to jump into the reality, steal your items, and then run away. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So they had to not only find their gear, but then they also had to try and keep their gear from these these creatures. Okay. And then they had to try and find each other and get out of this cube. And it was like a really good way to like start a, a, a campaign where we had evil and good players in the party and mm -hmm. yeah, no shenanigans broke out and <laughs> so, you're, so you're definitely more uh you're definitely more fluid. So okay, so well We'll wrap up with one more question, and we'll go same thing. We'll go around the table. Um, the last part of world building, at least I look at, that seems to be definitely the most important, at least one of the most important things, 
is um is villains. Name the talk show. Uh, but <laughs> but if your villains aren't compelling, uh, there's no point building a world because like no yeah, one's gonna read yeah. your shit or want to play yeah. your shit if your villains aren't compelling. Um, I'll answer and then I'll or actually I'll start with Jeremy and then I'll answer last about how I do it. But um, it, I guess the question would be more in terms of your villains. Do you plan for your villains? Do your villains shape as your characters or your your players slowly go through your world? Or absolutely. So I'll explain. Okay. So the first the first one I had was we were in Dark Gun and I completely wiped the lore clean, right? <laughs> and I had um, their capital city is technically ruled by orc chieftains. But um, I had all the chieftains wiped out, and none of the players knew why, but it was ruled by a single human. Uh, his name was Arik, uh, A-R-I-C-K. Mm-hmm. And he was actually the the secret bad guy. He was a, a night stalker, which is like a super powerful, like, shadowfell creature. Okay. Um, <laughs> living inside of his skin, he had taken over. He's like like a skinwalker, basically. Okay. So I kind of combined the lore of a skinwalker with these night stalkers, right? Um, the only way he could exist in the material plane was by walking around in this human skin. And he hired the players to uh, do a bunch of tasks for him, which uh, resulted in them breaking down this tower so that he could break out of his skin and combine his plane with this province and then slowly start taking over the material plane. And over time, like, because he hired them and he he had sent them to death missions a couple times to the point where he had been impressed by them and actually started to send them on missions and decide whether he wanted to keep them or not. Okay. Almost like pets, right? Because yeah. he was, like, a really powerful... I think they were, like, CR-17 or something, or CR-18. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? Minions are always good. Go support our Patreon. Yeah, become a minion from the Minion Hub. Become a minion today for the Villain Stock Show. (laughs) Or if you don't want to, you know, or just get the light. Nightwalker. Sorry, not Night Stalker, Nightwalker. But yeah, um, okay. So so you you're definitely more your your villains evolve. So let's uh let's go to Sarah. Villain. Yeah, tell tell us how you build your villains. Um I build my villain. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Shut a up, little Trace. Ricky. Oh, did yeah. I? I also just stopped talking. It might have been that. No, oh, okay. It might have been that. I feel like it's <laughs> tricky, tricky. Five seconds okay. of silence, Sarah. You know that rule? You guys totally can't. I can hear you. A robot. Caden is a robot. Do I sound like a I robot? No, you don't. No, you don't. You're fine. Nope, you're good. I'm good? Okay. We're having problems here. Um, so far, I've only actually built one of the villains that I'm going to have. But, and it's definitely by far the least interesting. It's the biggest bad guy of the whole thing, but it's by far the least villain. The, the ones that are going to come later are related to the story much more closely. Um, how did I build them, though? I don't know. I just sort of dreamed them up. I just sat around and was like, what would make a good story? Ooh, this would. 
horrifying and sad. So you would say you sad. So you would say you build your 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 villains and the world is just kind of around them. Whether you've built the world or not, you just kind of put the villains in the world for the art for the art of the story, is what you're telling me. Oh no. Okay. The the big villain is a big part of the world. It is the like force of evil and darkness and chaos, right? So it was it was built into the world from You kinda cut out there. But I was gonna say something. I don't know. That means you have two gods. Sort of, yeah. A god and a god. Alright, so let's keep moving down the line. Mr. Mr. Goblin. How do, how do you portray or build your villains? Uh, usually I would introduce the villain like right off the bat. And then hope they don't die right away. Because you blow your load too <laughs> early? I don't know mm. what you're talking about. <laughs> blow your load a little too early, buddy. Everything is planned. It's, it's okay. One, one in every 40 guys have that. You, you blow your load just a little <laughs> early, bud. Everything bot. is planned. Just a little early, bud. Everything is planned, is it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, is. yeah how, sure. how, how, how much how planned more is time it? is there planning? How planned is it? Planned about five <laughs> seconds ahead, <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, Come on, give me some credit. <laughs> give you ten. I'll give you 10. I think we are giving you credit. No, 20 seconds, and then I'd go with that. I believe yeah. in you, Aunt. Are you kidding? I believe, I believe that you don't think more than a, than 20 seconds ahead. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move down in Sadiac. You are a villain, so what, do you just reflect everything as passive-aggressively as you do? Believe it or not, I'm actually a pretty nice person. I do. Um, you are? But, um, passive-aggressive. They're... It's because I've had to be. I could be more aggressive, but then people don't react very well. But then you're not passive. <laughs> Thank you, John. That's yeah. That's what happens when you put aggressive without the passive. That's exactly what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you build your villains? I was going to say. So that depends on how you look at things. Where if you're looking at it, I have my villains, but then I have antagonists to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, yeah. I've, I have, Thank you. like, I have, a, it, it would seem as a villain um, for my party, perhaps, but I have what I'd like to think as an antagonist, um, which is essentially, I tried to make, like, a Thanos kind of, like, lich that was essentially, like, to having the party members, two of the party members were supposed to be, like, um, Gamora and uh, Nebula. And one of the things, actually, in that note of things just kind of worked out, I, I wanted to figure out a, a way to make them have that relationship kind of, like, a little a little bit of like a spark between each other and they did it on their own, which is really surprising. Um, but I had a few things that kind of made it in there, but I, the character is made to see more like a villain, but he's more meant to antagonize the party and kind of spark certain things in certain directions. Um, but then I have villains where I have, um, you're going to have to define antagonist and villain because in my mind, those are the same thing. No, that's well, right. an antagonist doesn't always believe what he's doing is wrong. Exactly, or is not trying to do things right. If if, if just like crazy old Maurice, for example, right? He doesn't exactly. He doesn't believe he's evil because he's not. He's just furthering a cause. 
know, even if it's not a good cause. I get it. Right? Everyone's the hero of their own story. I got. I got. Right? It, I got. So it. he's yeah. he's not necessarily of... true either, though. Some he's... some people know they're the villain. Like um, I guess Two Faces quote is the best on that one, right? You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Or was that Arthur Dent? Anyway, oh, no, by that time. <laughs> Please continue. So, like, um, the character I've made more is the antagonist. It's called, like, he's, like, the Dreadlord. And he's supposed to be, like, a... He's trying to further himself as, like, a pope, essentially. is like a rich How original. City. Thank you. It's great. I know, right? I, did, you, did I mention I named the city the Bruins of Angmar? Originality. That's key. Anyways. Um... He's not really trying to, like, uh, he's not a counter against the party, and he's not trying to cause, like, uh, like issues with the party. He's doing his own thing, and with it brings friction to, like, the protagonist. But of uh, villains, I've had villains that are actively trying to oppose the party that have been tasked with doing such and have gone out of the way to, to steal objects, like, steal artifacts or to uh, influence their meetings or, it, it, like, ruin their times and cause direct confrontation with them where I've had like um, I've had to, uh, where this one character I've made, it's not, he's supposed to be the, the bad guy but he's not, he's also a type of antagonist he's not a villain, but he hires villains he, he wants people that are confronting these people because it makes them take longer to stop him of sorts to achieve his goal but these villains that are coming in they're, I'd say it's more like uh, like the, 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 the brains of the operation versus the henchmen, the villains I see more as, they're not they have their own goals, and they're facilitating direct confrontation, whereas the antagonist also has his own goals, but it's not directly confronted. But it has moments that bring and and antagonize it, right? You know, moments that are frictional, but not direct, like, I'm going to kill you, and I want to murder your family, and things like that. More like, tension. hey... The tension runs I'm high. Changing. Yeah, I'm trying to change politics, and maybe this isn't cool, or something like that, you know? I got it. Something like that. And so, like, I've had villains that have um, literally, like, started the whole fight and, like, caused a bunch of different things. I had, um, I actually used one of my previous characters to come in and start as a villain um, and cause a fight between, um, essentially, the party and their quest giver because mm -hmm. they weren't being um, forthright because they're villains. They had, they had learned about other members and they were keeping things. So I had a character that had actually rolled really well. I'm trying to follow them, kidnapped one of their um, prospects, and, and then as they were going to report, brought it in and threw it, in their, threw it on their quest giver's kind of lap. And I had to fight all of the party at the same time and like almost kicked some ass, but then got his ass kicked because that's what his job was to do. Some degree. Called for backup. He had a, a wyvern mount, which showed up and start fighting the party. Mm. So it, it ended up being an interesting fight and it had certain chaos. And because this character, they didn't know too much about it and they didn't catch him. They spent a lot of time trying to figure out who this guy really was and where did he came from, what his exact tensions was. And then they learned he was connected to the antagonist. So it kind of answered a number of those questions at the same time of why this guy's here, what he's doing. Um, but it also had a few other people hinted. And like I have, I have an, a couple of villains, but I have a few antagonists. But, but do you, it depends do you, on the quest. But so so you would say you you evolve like your 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 villains are more are fluid. So you kind of insert them some as degree, yeah. rather than because like going on to me like what I do is is whenever I write a story, 
even when I'm DMing, um, the one thing I do write and the one thing I will write the, not the entire arc of, cause I'll never write the full end, but what I will do is write the entire villain. Um, yeah. I'll never write the actual protagonist, but the antagonist in my stories, um, I take very care, a lot of care. Um, I find it, it can ruin, in my opinion, it can ruin or make a story or it can ruin or make a game if you don't have a villain with the right motivations. And I was going to say right, the first Dungeons and Dragons movie is an example of that. Like, I, there's a movie. I've never yeah, seen couple, it actually. They're not. They're not. Jeremy Jeremy Irons plays such a compelling bad guy. But okay, yeah. I might I might want to watch that actually. But yeah, it's like, Will Wheaton and um, one of the Waynes, Marlon Waynes, are the main characters. There's, there's a few good actors in it, but like anyway. But you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, it, it in my mind, like especially when I write. Um, I need a compelling villain, um, and I need their arc at least. Maybe if I don't write the end and how if they're going to succeed or fail, that that I'll leave up. That I won't write till I get there because I want to see how the story evolves. But I need my villain to be compelling. Like if I'm going to make them intelligent, I need to write intelligent twists that actually are intelligent. Because there's so many times you read something in a book and it's like, oh, this was a trap, and you're like. Okay, but you wasted way more resources than you needed to setting up some stupid elaborate trap that doesn't even work. So I like it, it, I mean, you write it for the adventure and the payoff, but at the same time, I find that in some of the in some of the pieces that are considered great works of, of fiction or science fiction or or fantasy, you have the payoff or you have the villain be way more compelling. Um, like the villain. Um, one of the biggest arguments in Lord of the Rings is the villain isn't Sauron, it isn't Sauron, it isn't the fucking Belrog, it isn't the orcs. The villain is the ring. Yeah, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. such yep. a compelling villain because it doesn't do anything. It really it doesn't. doesn't. It turns you invisible. Right? Like <laughs> it, it attracts demons towards you and horrible things. But that's the first book. After that. Frodo doesn't put it on. And it's yeah. just, it's such a compelling villain. And it, it it's such a crazy design space to write a villain that really has no lines. No lines. See, the one thing that but, I, but look um, at I the effects. Like, and so I... Yeah, the one thing I found up with my villains, to some degree, is because I made my space evil characters facing off against evil characters. So villains... In, a, in an antagonist, in a way, kind of change based on perspective, and which kind of, especially in the way of players, and you're doing your DMing, or you know, it depends. It's, it, it becomes relative to the choices that the party mm-hmm. makes, because so this dude might be a villain, you know, now, but maybe if you if you do different things and change it, he could be a supporter or an ally. Mm-hmm. Right? But that depends. In a writing space, you have that whole. You have a lot more planning. Stage, you're a lot more filling out, figuring out where you're taking that story, right? So a villain becomes a lot more fleshed out, and you can see mm-hmm. where you're going with it eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'll, I'll open the floor for final thoughts. Um, any any final thoughts, Andrew or Insaniac, on uh, on world building? Uh, I I wish I was better at it. Uh, so do I. <laughs> what about what about you, Mister Goblin? Uh, yeah, I wish I was better and I didn't procrastinate as much. 
Uh, how about south of the board? Me? I believe you're south Any of Final me. thoughts about world building? I have so many thoughts about building. Nah, um, the floor is yours. I love it. Pretend you're telling someone about world building who has no idea what we're talking about. I love being able to create stories and people and entire reality. All of my that uh, it follows the rules that I want it to follow, but it it can grow and create a life be its own thing. I think it's just fascinating that something can start in someone's head and it can spread around the world. Like, look at the Lord of the Rings. That started in Tolkien's head, and yet you can see Frodo and well, everywhere will know what you And I just think that's incredible and exciting. That's that's kind of my favorite part about world building to some degree. Not not because like for me it's a difference. Like I, I like world building, but I love experiencing other people's worlds. I like learning about what drives characters. I like seeing happy I'm a sucker for happy endings and I cry sometimes, whatever. It's these things that the stories that you build with people and things, it's it's moving and it's relative and it teaches people every day new things and building a great world for that helps support in my and I'd say like regression in our society of, of social things that we can't always do, you know, through talking through people, you know, your learning experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it does. It's, it's, it's helpful. It's exciting, really. It's it's just exciting to think that this thing that started in my mind, uh, it could grow and it could become thing, something yeah. all of its own. Yeah. And I love I love experiencing that personally. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Seeing somebody's whole whole mind process they put either into book, into game, into movie, into whatever various forms and seeing that whole thought process, that effort that you put into it. It's, it's, it's so gratifying to see that effort when somebody really cares about it and actually wants to do it and, and and has made a lot for it. It's, 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 you can tell it's, it's great. Right. Exactly. You use such amazing stories. You get things where people talk about it all the time, right? Our whole world is kind of built on stories to some degree, right? Games and media all kind of function. A lot of our, our, most of our lives, Right, yeah. and we all tell our own stories at gossip and in work or in games exactly. and other things, right? What What I would say to that, just to add on, because that's all great, would be that's all great. Thanks, it, John. Well, it is. No, it is. It's all. Great. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> is the only thing I would add on is um, don't be don't be scared to put in events that your your characters or your players or whoever will will never hear about. Don't oh, don't, don't be scared yeah. to to fill in stuff that you may never touch on and never throw out something. Just put it put mm-hmm. it put it somewhere else. Um yep. the thing about a world or a re- reality or a realm or whatever is they're so big. They're so vast. Um a mm-hmm. lot of people get lost in the scope. Kind of like the it's called a what is it? The map paradox. Like when you look at a map, you think, and you look at a coast and another coast that are right beside each other. You're like, "Oh, those are so close," but <laughs> in reality, not. is there's so much the, in between. The macro and micro, kind and of. there's yeah. yeah, and there's so much there. And to even move, even move like 500 feet, you you could have so much. And mm-hmm. it's it all depends on how how densely populated. So don't be. And it, it's not about having to hit everything. It, it's more for, because some things won't work. And so you put it in the background. And um, always write from a point 
where it starts the most creative, most creatively for you is what I always found. Um, I can always write more and I always get more done if I start from points where I know my creativity seems to go. So villains, um, I always, I always like to write a villain first and then I build a world around them. Um, something else is I'll watch, I'll hear something or I'll watch an action and I'll build a world around it. It's, um, and I just, sometimes I insert it in other worlds. Sometimes it's just, it's left in my binder. It's, you just, you have to, you have to be willing to put it, just let it all mesh. Absolutely. And Jeremy, anything else? I'd have to agree pretty much with what you have to say, right? Like never throw something away that you, you might come back to it later or you can use it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved like world building. Start with like a single location and slowly expanding out. That's that's how we started this campaign, right? Well, on a tiny island. And now you guys know about at least half of the islands in your, your current territory. That if not other places. Yeah, and then... And then I like to add, of course, you know, other other pre-existing places, too, because it's nice to be able to go somewhere and not have to create everything myself from the base, even <laughs> though I've done most of it. <laughs> well, in saying that, I'd like to thank everyone watching. I'm sorry you had nothing better to do, but I'm glad you spent it here. I'm C4. Beside me is Insaniac. Further down mm-hmm. is Grease, is the Great Grease Goblin. Below me is Sarah Vike, and to my opposite is Sir Jeremy. And we are the Villains Talk Show. And thank you for watching. Thank you. Yeah, sure thank to you. check out Patreons and stuff all over social yeah. media. Yes, just likeness.com. Get the likeness app. There's also a Patreon, the Minion Hub. If you wish to, you yeah, know, give a my Patreon. If you want to support me. Uh, kind of stuff next show will be Sunday. Part. Check out the next. Get ready for next show. Who knows what the topic is? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But if you join the Patreon, you could actually be a part of. Actually, yeah, that's true. If you join the Patreon, you can actually yeah. vote on the topics. Yeah, that's true, John. I'm happy. That is true. It's <laughs> yeah, not like I made it or anything. If you join the uh, join the uh, Patreon, you can actually be part of choosing the next topic. Not like I made it or anything. Oh, it's not like I. Had, oh, it's a good God. thing I was actually part here to listen to. You know what? You're, You're welcome. So <laughs> sassy. <laughs> can we call the Minion Hub the Lair or the Hideout? The oh, minion. oh <laughs> it's too late now, but it should be. Well, we can <laughs> Bye. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Bye.